I'm Elizabeth. I'm Tyler. Welcome back to the season finale of Acting Out. I am so excited to act out today. We're going to talk about some of my favorite things, everyday behavior analyses, talk about behavior analysis in real life. Um, But even more so exciting is this is the final episode of season one. And it doesn't feel like it's been forever, but it kind of has in some ways because we started recording a lot longer ago than than we thought it would be. I know it seems so surreal that we're finally at our final episode for season one. And I cannot tell you how much fun I've had doing this. So I'm very happy to be here for the last season or last episode for this season. The world runs on a giant token economy. So let me break it down for you. In order to discuss that, we have to make sure that everybody listening understands what a token economy is. A token economy is the idea that you get something that represents the value of something else. So for instance, um, money represents all of the things that you can buy. But in order to buy all of these things, you have to have so much money. So just for the concept of being precise and making sure that anyone listening to this understands, there are three com- three technical components to a token economy. The first component is a specified list of target behaviors. The second component is the tokens um, that you receive for emitting the target behavior. And the third is the menu of reinforcers, meaning the thing, what you can get for turning in your token. So I kept thinking about like when you get a job and like how these three components go into our lives on on a, on a personalized level. Sometimes we talk about these abstract concepts and then breaking it down and putting it in our everyday lives cannot, it's not complicated. We just don't think about it. But I was thinking about, okay, so let's say you want to get a job and you want to get a job because you need to go to the grocery store, the most basic of needs, you need to buy food. Well, in order to do that, in order to buy food or in order to buy the foods that you really want, you have to have the correct amount of money, which is tokens. But in order to do that, you have to have some means of gaining the tokens, aka money. And one of the ways that you do that is by getting a job. So you go to a job, you get on the internet, you find a job, you look at the job description. The job description is a specified list of target behaviors that you have to have in order to gain the tokens. So then you read the job description, you read the target list of behaviors and you say, okay, yes, I have the qualifications to perform this job. I've hit, you know, you're a behavior analyst. So I have, I'm a BCBA in good standing. I have the credential. um, I have the license or I don't have the license, but they said that they'll help me get the license. Um, You know, whatever. And so then you get your resume, then you go and you get an interview. You interview with them and just because I'm always going to say something like this, when you do an interview, you're interviewing them as much as they're interviewing you. Don't forget that. Always going to put that kind of thing in. But so you go and you have this discussion and you determine the value of your labor. How many tokens, let's say you decide that you want the job, they decide you want, they want you. You determine how many tokens your labor is worth, how much money your labor is worth. And that can, as we've talked about before, depend on a lot of factors. That depends on insurance reimbursement. That might depend on where you're living. That might depend on your experience. But all of those things go into 
how many tokens, how much money that you're going to earn. And I just find that fascinating because after that, then you take all of that money and you do, you turn those tokens into the light bills, the water bill, the rent, or if you're lucky and you have a mortgage, a mortgage, or Amazon, or whatever. And I just find that really fascinating because we talk about these like concepts that we use with our clients or we use with people who need our services, but really the entire world is doing it. I just find that really fascinating. I just wanted to talk about it. I agree with that. Um, Honestly, I never thought about that until today when you brought this up. Um, Also, work, uh, when interviewing for a job. So for me specifically, uh, my job would be anything on the RBT comp exam. And then the tokens or points would be yes or no, right? Right. Um, And then a menu of reinforcers. Obviously, uh, it would be a job because I would be competent in being an RBT for a company. But I think overall, the reinforcer would be uh, their certificate to practice for another year. Um, yeah. So honest, man, like ABA is an everyday life. Like It is. But if you think about it, like it also, okay, so we've established that, but think about this. Sorry, this is like my thing and I'm really freaking excited. <laughs> um, think about this. So the exchange rates are different in different countries, right? So we have different, different, different values to the assigned tokens because okay so think about this so one kid has um earlier you know i think it was before the podcast started we were talking about paw patrol and like making a paw patrol token economy and so their take their tokens are represented by the by the paw patrol pups and then somebody else has the pete the cat and pete the cat buttons well let's say you give a pete the cat button to a kid who has a paw patrol token economy that Pete the cat button doesn't mean anything to that kid they're like I this means nothing to me absolutely nothing to me but you give it to the kid who has or the person who has the Pete the cat buttons it means everything to them the reason I'm bringing this up is because you know I was in college I went to Germany and one of the first things that we did when we got off the plane at the time, we went and we exchanged the cash money that we had, the American money, for euros. And the reason was because there are places at the time that you could use American money, but those places were few and far between. And there were many more places where they only accepted euros. So while in America, my money, my tokens, had value on this other, in this other literal other economy, but also this other token economy, they didn't have any value or their value was significantly decreased. I find that really interesting because... Go ahead. Well, it's just interesting to think about because, you know, it's interesting because money used to be backed by, and I did a little bit of research on this, and again, not an economist, so I'm just talking about things from my understanding, if I'm wrong, excuse me, but money used to be backed by like the gold standard. And eventually money stopped being backed by the gold standard. So it's almost like the money, the token became valuable in and of itself. It became valuable of because of what it represents, not because there's actually any value to this hidden thing behind it. 
I find that really interesting because if you think of, oh, I'm sorry, I keep, you keep trying to add to the conversation. I just keep going. So go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish your statement and then we'll. Well, I just think it's interesting because like ideally, if you think about it. So if we have a person on a token economy for engaging in what we engaging in appropriate social behaviors, like let's say we're trying to increase um, appropriate play and every time on whatever their schedule is, you give them a token. Well, eventually it's almost like you, you fade that out. Like you fade out the tokens. It's kind of like that in a way, but on like a bigger scale because we don't have a gold standard anymore, but it doesn't matter because the money, the paper or the digital, depending on whatever has become so valuable in and of itself that you don't even need, you don't need the backup anymore. Actually, to me, I think fading the reinforcement schedule on a token economy is more analogous to inflation. True. Actually, you know what? That's a thought. And that is something that we're experiencing currently. So like, let's say, um, let's say for every day of work, you earn one token. And at the end of the week, you have five tokens. Yeah. So it used to be that five tokens got you your rent. But now your rent is six tokens. And so you only have five days to earn six tokens. And so therefore you have to work more or harder for five days in order to earn a total of six tokens. That's the analogy there. Fair. Isn't that bleak? I mean, it's definitely depressing. And now I feel really great and feel like I need to get off here and do something. (laughs) But Good thing it's Sunday. What Zach was talking about... It also goes into, like, your actual work behavior, like, with a company. Um, You know, if they're paying me $2 for taking data, which, God, I wouldn't do it anyway. Um, Well, you wouldn't. The token token has to equal the behavior. Does that make sense? Yeah. The token has to be valuable, and the reinforcers have to have a certain value. So think about it like this. When you go to an arcade and you put... I'm going to say token, but that's not what I mean. But you put one of the coins into the machine and you win 50 tickets. You now have 50 tickets to spend in the prizes store at the arcade. And let's say for 50 tickets, you could get colored pencil or like a a pencil with a special design on it. Or you could get erasers or you could get a slinky. But in order to get the RC car you need 40,000 tickets, okay? Okay. And so in order to get 40,000 tickets, you have to play a lot of games or you have to get really lucky and win a lot. This is why the dollar is so representative because we all would like to drive a Range Rover, but we do not have enough tickets in the arcade of life to be able to afford a Range Rover. Let's take it back just really quick to... We were talking about the components, a specified list of target behaviors. Well, before you get to that job interview, you have an, a, an additional list of target behaviors that you are supposed to meet in order to qualify for this other list of target behaviors. So you have all these credentials that you have to meet in order to go to the other specified list of target behaviors, correct? So in order to get your job interview. And if you are a millennial or, and you know, you can love us, you can hate us, I don't care anymore. But they told us if we had, I can't help it. I just can't, guys. And you better keep it in because I just can't help it. I'm so mad. 
at the world we live in. But they told us, listen, you go to school, you get, you go to high school, you graduate, you do all these lists of target behaviors. And if you think about it, you do all these target behaviors for all these different classes and you get this certain GPA and you get this certain GPA and then you can get into this range of schools. Well, getting into this range of schools is going to be good. And you hit all the target behaviors for that range of schools and for those classes. And then you qualify for this grad school because, you know, it's never enough going. It's never enough. And you do this and you do all this work. And then when you're done, you're going to qualify for this target list, this master target list of behaviors, your job, you know, you're going to meet all the job expectations. So you go and you go to this interview and then they tell you that while you were owning all the tokens and doing all these other things, you should have been volunteering 40 hours a week to give you more and have more experience in order to hit. So yes, you've done all these lists of target behaviors, but unfortunately the rules have changed. And now you need to, yeah, congratulations, you have um, a master's degree and you have a certificate and you have a license, but you don't have, I'm sorry, ma'am, but you don't have five years of experience. So we're going to need you to intern for half the wages. And by the way, um, half the wages are not going to cover the student loans because you had to borrow tokens. You don't have the money to pay those back. So good luck and God bless. Just Elizabeth's opinion of the day. Just throwing that one out there. If anybody wants to know. Okay, Bernie Sanders. Are you salty much, Elizabeth? It's not It's not that I'm salty. Let me blow your mind here. You could argue that your high school diploma, your undergraduate degree, your graduate degree, and then your certificate are each tokens. Because they freaking are! <laughs> I'm so mad! So in order... In order to practice as a BCBA, you have to earn four tokens. Your high school diploma, your undergraduate degree, your master's degree, and then your BCBA. Once you get your BCBA, then you can get a job as a BCBA. I'll leave the licensure part out of it because that's not okay, really an, but, yeah, it's just an extra Wouldn't step. it be five but tokens because you have to get your supervision hours? Uh, fine. Call it a token if you want to, but also I think that's a sub-token of becoming a BCBA. So it's almost like here's your master list of tokens and then here's your minor list of tokens and then there's a behavior broken down in between each, under each list. But but also the reason that I'm specifying that uh, the diplomas and degrees are tokens is because those are reinforcing, okay? As opposed to, um, you know, getting your supervision hours done is reinforcing, but you don't get something as a result of completing your supervision hours. You only get your certificate from passing the exam. And you could only qualify for the exam by getting the supervision hours. So those were tasks that led to earning the certificate, which is the ultimate token. And all see, of this which, just so that we can have enough money to get to work and feed ourselves and clothe ourselves and house ourselves. That's all I have to say. Actually, it's not. Right. I'm just going to keep going. Like, I don't mean to be this who I am, but I can't turn it off. Like, I'm so irritated that I am irritated that I have worked so hard and I have a wonderful job. And I am not just saying that because Zach is on here and he's my producer. Like, I'm happy. And, but we do all these things and it's still like, yeah, you know, I'd love to. 
to go on a vacation to Bora Bora, but that's not going to happen. But I've met all the qualifications. Like, I, I'm not going to get to go to Panama City, Florida for vacation because the dog decided that she was going to develop an allergy, and now we are paying for the... It's just frustrating. I don't like our token economy. I want a new one. Thank you for coming to my labor movement podcast, apparently. <laughs> Well, I think this next topic might set you off even more. Response okay. cost. Oh, yeah. How do you feel about those? I feel like they're effective. I mean, so Tyler, why don't you explain to anyone? Listen, my mom listens to every podcast. because So tell my mom what a response cost is so I don't have to. <laughs> Some token economies can also have alternative measures, which are meant to punish problematic behaviors. This procedure is called a response cost. So if you engage in um, a maladaptive behavior or something that you're not supposed to do, like we'll, we'll, we'll say speeding, okay? So speed limit is set at 55, right? You're going down the highway and then you pass a state trooper going 80, okay? That's a ticket. So that ticket's going to be $200, right? And all those tokens that you worked for in your bank account, say you have $500 in your bank account, right? Right. Those are all, each hundred is a token, right? That ticket, that's worth two tokens. So you're going to drop down to three tokens and you have to get those three tokens back by doing something else. So they're essentially, we're taking something away from you that's valuable. Yeah, true. That's an example of a response cost. I have another example of a response cost. Okay. For example, you know that you're supposed to change the air filter in your air conditioning unit. Okay. But I forgot to. And the air filter was really old and it made my air conditioning uh, or heat rather in the winter made it work really hard to heat my house. And my electricity bill was exorbitant. And it took me a little while to figure out that that was the problem. And then when I replaced the filter, I saw an immediate uh, improvement, which will in effect result in a lower electric bill next month. So... That's also a form of response cost because the targeted behavior would have been changing the air filter on a specific schedule that I even have in my phone to alert me to do, yet somehow I either ignored the alert or forgot. But either way, um, as a result, I lost some of my token dollars Yeah. to a, a silly thing that was easily uh, completed. I think that's the most frustrating part about living life on a token economy. Sometimes, like, this is just just to share. Whenever, you know, we all have our, like, little escapism fantasies, like, throughout the day where you're like, you know what, I'm going to quit and I'm going to do this. I want to live on a self-sustaining farm. But not really, because I don't want to work that hard. But I just think, like, if we all, like, lived as subsistence farmers, we wouldn't have anything, but then we wouldn't have to worry about tokens. Just a thought. You, you wouldn't be able to. You wouldn't be able to live because if everyone felt the same way about it, nobody would be doing any work at all, and therefore there would be no food to eat. You right. could grow your own crops, and it would be like living on a kibbutz in Israel. Yeah, but she's saying, she's saying that she doesn't want to work that hard. So it's like you either work and get money and buy those things, or you work and make those things yourself, and like, or you don't work and you don't live. Yeah, or you die. And and Elizabeth has a garden, and she gardens. And that's like, if she didn't have to have a job and she could 
sustainably live on just the food that she already knows how to grow that's her ideal life that is my ideal life but i actually elizabeth's (laughs) ideal life is that every person grows something and shares with everyone that is my ideal life okay i just don't understand why we all can't take care of ourselves take care of each other like i'm just i'm not saying let's live on a commune i'm just saying let's go back to hardcore bartering like i don't understand why we can't do that you have two cows i need a cow and i have carrots here let's trade like why not because tyler's next macbook pro is more expensive than the number of cows that he would have to barter in order to obtain the macbook pro so the bartering system could never work in 2022 because the things that we have are so stupidly expensive that the only way to do that is to work really hard for tokens that we can exchange for the things that we want to purchase okay but why are those things so much money though because that's a whole other thing like are those things really that much money or listen to her with her she's really trying to take down capitalism in this podcast i'm not trying to it's just that like these are okay so my best friend diana who will eventually be on our be on our show um she's also a vcba she's one of my best friends and we talk about this all the time like we have conversations almost every time we talk and it's like but does anything really mean anything and i can't when we're talking about money or talking about tokens or we're talking about a token economy sometimes my opinions and values will just come out of my mouth and i try to put them back in but you know, I am who I am. So anyway, moving on, we've, we've thoroughly discussed, does anyone have anything else they'd like to say about a token economy and how the world runs on a giant one and capitalism is the end of the world? Anybody else? I'm good. I just don't, (laughs) I don't like paying my fines for speeding or running a red light, which we won't talk about, but. Okay. Well, Ooh, but also within that, just just a little thought, not only do you have to pay the fine, they report that you had to turn in those tokens, and that gets reported into the insurance company, and then you have to pay the insurance company more tokens. Food for thought. All I have to say is there's a better way. Socialism. I never said that, and I'm. I just want to democratics it's not i don't think it's fair to say like true socialism because i still think we should be able to vote and i still think that like your property should belong to you i just think kindness goes a long way and you can't be kind if you're too busy being greedy and fair that's that's all i'm saying we live in the south elizabeth so i mean there is kindness out in the world but it's Honestly, I know there's Southern hospitality, but it's not down here at all. So one of my favorite lines from a book, it's called The Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires. In case anyone wants to read it, I've read it probably six times. It, I just I love have it. it on my iPad. It's really good. Have you read it? Well, you need to. But one of the, my favorite lines is, like, Southern women have a reputation of being nice. But then it says something to the effect of, like, Southern women are anything but nice. And... I think when you say that, it means, like, the way that I interpret it, because I'm a Southern woman, I'm a progressive Southern belle is what I call myself, and maybe I am, maybe I'm not, but the point is, like, you're not a pushover, and I just feel like sometimes we let people take our tokens and we allow them to push us over, and we shouldn't do that. 
Anyway, moving on. So the next thing we're going to talk about is schedules of reinforcement in our everyday lives. So Tyler, what you got? So, I mean, there's also the continuous reinforcement in everyday activities, but like smoking, that would be an intermittent schedule because from a past smoker, um, like you after- literally just smoked. We watched you do it. No, this is vape. That's uh, not smoking. It's no. vaping. It's a it's a vapor cloud instead of a smoke cloud. Isn't the definition of smoking inhaling and exhaling a substance? There has to be combustion for it to be smoking. Guess what, Jess? You just operationally defined smoking. Good job. You're a behavior analyst now. You mm-hmm. could be one. Zach, are you hiring? <laughs> The B, nope, the BACB will come after you if you don't have a certification. But she can be my behavior. She can come. I'll, I'll, I will do your supervision hours for free. I could be an RBT. Yeah, you could. You could work. You should be an RBT. You'd be a really good one. Come work one under day. me. When I move to Dual relationship. Tyler, I've had enough of you and your dual relationships. Another aspect of everyday behavior analysis includes schedules of reinforcement in our environment. Zach, can you give us some examples of both continuous and intermittent schedules of reinforcement in your everyday life? Yeah, there are definitely some things that are continuous. For example, um, using the restroom is a continuous source of negative reinforcement. Right. It's a biological process that's happening regardless. But, um, you know, I don't know. I feel like I brush my teeth so that my mouth doesn't taste bad and my breath doesn't smell bad. So again, a behavior I emit every single day, uh, which produces negative reinforcement. Yeah. So that could be an example of continuous reinforcement in everyday life. Um, what about non-contingent reinforcement in our everyday lives? Like, what would be an example Everything of that? is contingent on some type of behavior. True, but now we're getting into the nitty-gritty. It depends on who's providing reinforcement whether it's non-contingent because for example let's say someone is reinforcing a behavior of yours that person has a contingency to provide reinforcement which is non-contingent on my behavior so there's always a contingency uh it's just that i might earn reinforcers for non-contingent uh or i might earn reinforcers non-contingently fair so I'll give you some uh, examples of intermittent reinforcement because these are easier. So, Do you know what my favorite intermittent reinforcement schedule is? Sure. Amazon. I love it. It's good. Why is Amazon an intermittent schedule of reinforcement? Because I make it that way. Okay, let's let's give that more credence. Uh, Mail delivery is an intermittent schedule of reinforcement. Why? Because sometimes reinforcers show up in the mail and sometimes they don't sometimes punishers show up in the mail sure like bills <laughs> or a tax notice or you know a jury summons your, uh, well a jury summons big punisher but um mail delivery is intermittently reinforcing because occasionally you might get a card for your birthday or you might get a package in the mail um your your uh example of amazon is actually um, not an intermittent schedule of reinforcement because when you buy something on Amazon, <clears throat> Amazon notifies you that something is going to be delivered today. It also notifies you that it's out for delivery the day before. 
what is being reinforced? You're purchasing something on Amazon, and the reinforcer, the thing that you purchased, is then showing up. It's just not intermittent. It's 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 not continuous either. It's contingent, though. Okay. Well, I think what we've established in this part of our episode is that these are complex things. We try to break them down into everyday examples. And sometimes you can do that, and sometimes it just gets blurry. So we've established two things. We've established that, and we've established that we've played out this part. So what's next? What else can we talk about? Elizabeth, do you think that dog walking is intermittently reinforcing? I mean, maybe for the dog, but I don't like it. Well, so sometimes your dog walks really well on the leash, and it, and you go, wow, that was really reinforcing walk. Yeah. And then sometimes you walk the dog, and they have to stop and smell everything, and they're pulling you, and they're barking at people, and then it's not reinforcing or is punishing. And so, therefore dog walking could be on an intermittent schedule of reinforcement um and therefore you sometimes will walk the dog and sometimes you will not but in general you like walking the dog because it gets you out of the house and gets you some fresh air you see it's just sometimes it also is intermittently punishing yeah i mean in some in some instances yes but like i for someone who want whose escapism is like is like mentally going and living on a self-sustaining farm I don't like being uncomfortable (laughs) and I don't like being too cold and I don't like being too hot and I live in Tennessee and you never know what you're going to get. So the weather is, the weather is a bigger factor and nobody has control over that. But the, The, the weather is an intermittent schedule of reinforcement too then, isn't it? It is. See you guys, ABA all day. That's what I should, all day, all day, every day, forever. It's fun. I went on a deep analysis of the band Fish the other day. Uh-huh. Um, so Fish provides me with an intermittent schedule of reinforcement. Like, in general, going to see the band one time is reinforcing. But at that show, maybe they'll play this one song that I really want them to play. Or maybe they won't. And so if they do, great. But if they don't, I've got to go again, just in case they might play that song at another one. Okay, See? that's fair. Wouldn't that be the Wouldn't that be the same thing as a playlist, though? Uh, I yes. Yeah, but with okay. the playlist, like you can be in control of your own reinforcement. That's true. Yeah. Whereas you if have you... no control over what the band plays. Like you might think, like, oh, I can send them this, or I can request it, or I saw them at Cracker Barrel and I could ask them to, but that that doesn't mean anything. Like that doesn't mean they will. Just saying. So wouldn't COVID be on an intermittent schedule because you have no idea when you're going to get it? I mean... I don't know that that's a schedule of reinforcement. It's not a schedule of reinforcement. It's a schedule of intermittent punishment. You could say that... You could say that, like... I mean, you know, it's kind of like like a a scale. Like, every situation, there's an equal or an opposite version of that. So you could say, like, it's reinforcing to not get COVID, but it's also punishing to get COVID. It's the same exact thing. Mm -hmm. You're just arguing, like like the value of reinforcement at any given time, which is, of course, motivating operations. In theory, it's punishing for some people, apparently. It's not. It's all I have to say. 
Have a good day. Something that comes up as a topic for behavior analysts a lot is the concept of free will, which is generally to imply that something or someone else controls your behavior or controls the environment. But behavior analysts know that the environment controls behavior. So when we discuss the concept of free will, we're actually identifying the matching law. Tyler, could you tell us about the matching law? So that is where behavior goes, where reinforcement flows. That's the simplest terms that I can think of. The phrase behavior goes where reinforcement flows implies that behaviors only occur if reinforcement is, go- is occurring or going to occur, the perception that it will occur. Okay. So when it comes to work, for example, when you work, you get paid for your work. If you don't work, you don't get paid. Okay. So the matching law is such that behaviors occur where reinforcement will occur for those behaviors and not where reinforcement will not occur for those behaviors. The concept of free will comes up a lot because um, we are always trying to explain to our, um, our service recipients or their parents and things like that why a person might engage in certain behaviors and a lot of the time we need to explain to them that it's not it's not so much that they are looking to get into trouble or they're trying to make life more difficult it's that when they emit certain behaviors the behaviors end up being reinforced and so what we're doing is we're identifying why the behaviors are occurring by explaining to the parents this is how that behavior got reinforced this is why they're doing that but we're also needing to explain to them that it's not someone else controlling that person's behaviors. The person is doing the thing that results in reinforcement. That is generally what's always happening there. Gotcha. That makes sense. You know, when you're talking about free will and a lot of times, you know, being from the South, being raised in church, you, there's this aspect of it that become, that enters into religion. And so when we're talking about this, my goal is never to attack anybody's religion or attack my own religion or attack, you know, my family's or attack anything like that or be perceived as doing so. Um, I just think when we talk about free will, a lot of times we think like that things are ordained or things are contrived by something other than our environment. And who am I to say from a religious standpoint that they are that they're not but from the perspective of behavior analysis I don't think free will exists I think that our environment because I can't turn off I can't turn off the part of myself that was raised in religion and I can't turn off the part of myself that is still religious and I can't turn off the part of myself that is a behavior analyst who thinks in those terms and might be almost extreme or radical in my thoughts of behavior analysis in some ways. So what I want to say here is to me, in my opinion, everything that we do, and Zach would probably say not in opinion, it is fact, but everything that we do is because of the environment that we have, because of the environment that 
surrounds us. We are the products. And this is something that we often say, you know, you see true crime shows all the time. And it's like, we're the product of our environment, or this person was the product of their environment. So, you know, we talk about these things, I always just want to say, this is from a scientific standpoint, this is from the perspective of behavior analysis. We're not here to tell anybody how they should think. We're just here to have a philosophical discussion about some facts that as behavior analysis, behavior analysts, behavior analysis, behavior analysts, it's a lot of A words, guys, we understand to be true. So there you go. With that, one of the reasons that I wanted to talk about this, because I find it really fascinating, it's a conversation that I've been having a lot, is free will real or is it not real? So it's it's complicated and it's uncomfortable, but we have to have uncomfortable conversations. I'm going to agree with Zach that free will does not exist. I personally, I don't, I mean, I was raised Christian and, you know, done all of that jazz. Um, but can you, okay, first of all, Elizabeth, define free will, please. Well, Tyler, I don't know that this is the right operational definition, but this is the operational definition that I think of. And the operational definition that I think of is just like that you make your own choices without the outside influence of anyone else. But we also know that that's not possible because everything influences you. Your environment, which is, you know, my current environment is I live in Tennessee. I live in my house. My husband is in the other room and I'm right here living in this office. Like Because it's reinforced for you to live there. If it wasn't reinforcing, you wouldn't live there. Right. It, and it is. It's the best rent that I can find. And yes, I have to drive an extra long way to work, but the rent is good and it's got plenty of land. So all those things are reinforcing to me. That's my environment. But, but you didn't, you didn't choose. You see, like you can have a choice between a house or an apartment or a farm, but. Because of all your variables, like the land, the cheap rent. It's all, like, that's why you chose to live where you live. Yeah, like, for yeah. sure. Not not because you just wanted to. No, I want. Because because if you had free will, you could just up and quit your job and go live on an island and grow your sustainable food or whatever. Wait, wait, and wait, not wait. have a consequence Let's to it. That, that all, no, the, but that's all possible. Wait a minute. It's not, <laughs> it's not that free will doesn't exist. It's that there's no alternative. The. I'm just saying that free will is a theoretical construct. The concept of free will only exists in the lexicon of religion. Like, behavior analysts don't use the phrase free will. It's not because we're anti-religion. I'm anti-religion. Behavior analysis is not anti-religion. It's that behavior analysis seeks to explain behavior by variables in the environment and not variables which are made up. All right, so here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, and we're talking about this from a scientific perspective, not a religious perspective, and, you know, I've tried my best to be respectful and make that distinction. Um, I don't think that free will can exist if you have all of these contingencies that help you make your decisions and help you make your choices. It doesn't make sense to me, and I want it to. Like, I want to believe in free will. I want to believe that I am guiding my own choices. I want to believe that I make the decisions 
based off you are and you do but I'm, what i'm saying is free will are it's just words you are doing the things you want to do there are contingencies that prevent you say from like for example we know where you want to move and there wasn't a home available for you to go purchase there that doesn't mean that you don't have quote-unquote free will that just means that there's a contingency working against you from emitting the behavior of purchasing a home where you want to purchase it you see but like the concept of free will isn't it just it, it doesn't exist there's so what is free it's not will? it's not that it, it, it exists but it's not but like when it's i think just it, words but when i it is just words but when I, <laughs> tyler is like i am not getting involved in this he already said his part. Yeah, but like, to me... There's not a debate, Elizabeth. No, I, you want to debate this and there's no debate. Oh, I know, but I'm so freaking mad about it. Um, You're only mad because you were taught something that you now know is not true. You've been conditioned. Thank you. I'm only mad because I want to live in two worlds and I can't anymore. That's what I'm mad about. You can't, you can't have like your cake and eat it too, sweetheart. But I freaking want to. Like, I... I'm just, you're, ha- I'm exhibiting a midlife, not a midlife crisis. I'm having, what is it called? Identity crisis. Yes, I'm having an identity crisis as a human being because I am trying so hard to, I am trying to live up just to bring it around. I am trying to live up to a specified list of target behaviors that I was raised on, that this is a good person. You are a good person if you get up and you believe in free will and you go to church and you do all of these things. Like, here's the list of being a good, godly Southern woman. Here's the list. But now you're putting yourself on a rating scale. But that's, but I'm just explaining to you how it is. Like, I don't know if you're going to keep this in or not, but like, that is, that is why this is hard for me. Because there's a specified list of behaviors that I am supposed to check off to be good and I can't because my brain won't let me because I just can't turn off the analytical part of my brain. Like I can't, I cannot live blindly by faith anymore because I have to believe by fact and I'm so mad about it. I'm just, this is a, this is a really great season finale. (laughs) This part right here is just so great. Like I'm so, but I'm mad about it because I want to find a way to be a to like I really want to cry because I'm so frustrated because I want to believe in everything that I was taught and everything that I was raised to be and I want to be good because there's a specified list of behaviors that I was raised on that said you were this is what makes you good and it is ingrained and conditioned inside of me but I just can't and I'm mad about it like I'm mad and hello welcome to elizabeth's identity crisis this is where we are this is who i am and i'm just trying so freaking hard and i can't and i'm mad because i want to turn it off and i don't want to be analytical i just want to be a good little girl like that's what i want and i can't because i can't meet the specified list of target behaviors that equal that i am good so there is my diatribe thank you so much i hope you've enjoyed this I had a little bit of a moment. It's fine. Do we think that Elizabeth's good? <laughs> of course. I mean, your hesitancy said something, but thanks. Tyler and I have figured out that 
we do not need to believe the things we were taught because we think we're good people because we aren't harming other people. We're not racist. We're not bigots. Look, I think I think the the big picture is that we are not trying to explain things that are made up. We are here to explain the things that we can observe and measure because that is what behavior analysis is. And once you're a behavior analyst and understand that, you can never go back. And so that might be what some consider wokeness. We are woke to the lack of fairy tales in reality. Listen, we are all just doing our best to survive. Elizabeth became a socialist. She's woke now. But you need to be a democratic socialist with some capitalist leanings, okay? Like... You only need to specify it for people who think socialism is bad. It's not. I hope you guys have really enjoyed episode eight of season one, the season finale, because I don't know if I'm gonna make it. Anyway, all right. So... I think what we've established in this episode is that I'm having an identity crisis. does not exist. (laughs) Free will. Free will are two words that are just words and behavior exists. Tyler, say say the line again, Tyler. Free will does not exist. No, the other line. Behavior goes... Oh, behavior goes where reinforcement flows. Perfect. All right. So for today's show and tell, um, number one, keep an eye out. We are going to put out a playlist. So that'll be to keep you in a couple of weeks. It doesn't have a date yet, but we'll put out a playlist. You can listen to it. I don't necessarily have the best musical taste, but I have a 14-year-old niece, so she'll help us out. Um, Tyler... I talked about what my escapist fantasy was, what I would like to do to whenever it all gets to be too much. What's yours? And don't say passing the exam. It cannot be ABA related. Thank you and good night. Um, that would probably be hopping a plane to Ireland. Really? Why and Ireland? Um, just because, like, it's always something I wanted to do. Um, yeah. I don't know. It just seems beautiful over there. So green. All right. I think you should go. Zach will well, pay for it with his Peloton money after you pass the exam. <laughs> well, I mean. <laughs> He's like, no, I'm not. Sorry. You didn't sign me up for that. No, but seriously, like, uh, that is one thing that I think that would be like, what you know how, like, women that have babies, they have a push gift. This is like a pass gift. I mean, I got you a gift for when you passed the exam, but it was $15. Sorry, it's not a bottle of crystal. I'm not a multimillionaire. What'd you get me? You said it looked cool. We were on Amazon. You said it looks cool, so I got it for you. You're not supposed to spoil it. He'll be fine. He will never remember. Anyway, Jesse, what's yours? Wait, the, what was the, the question was our escapism? So, like, okay, you're at work, and you're like... Can we do this again? <sighs> <laughs> our show and tells have always been what have you been doing to take care of yourself or what have you been doing lately okay Rach, she's switching what, it up what 
what would you do if you didn't have to live the life you live? All right, guys. Here's a different... Here, Show and Tell today is going to be a little bit different. Tell me what music you're listening to to get through your days. Jesse, you go first. Okay. So recently I watched this new movie on HBO called The Fallout, which is a very, very sad but very well done movie about... Um, a school sh- a school shooting in modern day and the soundtrack to that movie is impeccable it was written well this the music score was by phineas um the brother to billy eilish oh, okay but my favorite artist lennon stella has a song that she wrote with her sister on it it's so beautiful I, i've been listening to it on repeat like every day it's so depressing i just keep listening to it i don't know why it's just so good that's awesome. The best music evokes the best emotions. Tyler, what about you? Um, so I just actually pulled up my Spotify, and it's a Moody Mix playlist. So it has, like, different genres in there. Oh, I love um, that. But the one that, the number one is uh, Adele. So. <laughs> yeah. I haven't listened to her new album at all. No, I don't even Goodbye. think I've listened to all of, I just felt like. I just, no, it's just not doing it for me. I don't know. Zach, what about you? If you say fish, I'm going to laugh. I haven't been listening to fish. Oh, really? What are you listening to? I have been listening to a lot of early 1970s Miles Davis and Herbie Hancock. Okay. I have been listening to the song Serotonin by Girl in Red very much. I I love it. And I didn't know who Girl in Red was, but now I do, and I'm like, I'm kind of into it. Um, Like, I made Chris listen to my husband listen to it. I sent it to him and was like, this is how I feel on the inside. But in addition to that, I've been listening to 90s Country. That's the playlist, 90s Country. And it's really, because I work, you know, I work where I grew up, and so it's nice, because I'm, like, listening to the chicks and Tim McGraw and mostly the girls, though, mostly the ladies, you know. Alrighty. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to this. Thanks for listening to our labor movement slash Elizabeth Mental Breakdown podcast. We are excited to share with you um, things that are going to be happening in season two. And we're going to miss you. Don't forget to act out. And enjoy the break. We'll see you in the spring. See you guys. 